The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. After a glorious Friday here on Fantasy NBA Today that saw your lonesome host talk to another living human being, it's Monday, and that means we're rocking it solo today. I am Dan Vesperus. This is Fantasy NBA Today. Boy, I keep wanting to call the show today in sports betting, and I know why. It's because I hosted a show called Today in Sports Betting back in 2009, back when podcasts were... But a gleam in their father's eye. And it was multiple years in between until we got to Fantasy NBA Today. But now that we have both going again, I keep screwing it up. Of course, today in sports betting is hosted by Devin, Neil, Josh, and Ira. Devin right now doing a marvelous job of pulling all sorts of guests from inside and outside of the hoop ball ranks and just giving everybody a whole bunch of things to think about on the sports betting side while you know small blips of sports are returning and uh, <clears throat> the rest of those guys are tuning up for when the big guys come back, when the big major sports return. This, of course, is Fantasy NBA Today. I am Dan Vespers, at Dan Vespers on Twitter, and thank you, as always, for tuning in. We had some fun on our Friday show talking to Brandon, digging into basically what his most important tool is in the fantasy season, and he loves getting out to that quick start. And You guys know from listening to this podcast for a number of years now, I feel likewise and we can kind of put that in our, I think that's not in the what lesson did we learn from this year category. That's the lesson you should be using every year. Get off to a fast start and the rest of your season will be simpler. Today, on the other hand, I want to kind of pivot in a different direction. And we're going to call this Update Monday because I feel like there need to be updates uh, from a number of different angles on this fantasy season and from and on this regular season. The first angle we're going to be exploring is just what's going on with the NBA right now. And we try to bring those to you whenever anything large breaks. And there were, again, a handful of small news breaks over the last two to three days. I want to talk about those and, and kind of what they mean for the NBA and for the league, if indeed it does return. I want to talk about how that translates to fantasy seasons, because we haven't talked about those in a while. I want to talk about hoop ball leagues, since I think a lot of people are interested in those. And I want to talk about uh, a misconception, I think, that's out there about not necessarily my feelings on this, but just a way of handling things. And I'm sure we'll get sidetracked by a few things along the way. So let's just dive right into the NBA news, which of course does revolve around COVID. There's no way to talk about what's going on with the NBA without talking about the fact that it is all it is all related to this sickness. And we've been exploring it for months, and we've been trying to read all the data. And at the beginning, I read every article that I could find, and then I realized that it was giving me palpitations. And now I've swung back kind of in the other direction, basically trying not to see the things that are going on. Not because I don't want to know and I want to be in the dark, but because... All I need to know is what's going on in my area. Because if I see things that are going on in other areas, they're bound to stress me out. And so I'll pay attention as a Californian. I'll see what's going on in Los Angeles County or California as a whole and just how we return to normalcy. 
I'm going to follow what's going on in the NBA as it returns to normalcy. And I would recommend many of you do likewise. Pay attention to your small world with this because if you're looking at everything, you're going to lose your mind and it's not going to do you any good. And this is not me preaching about how you guys can handle yourselves in the midst of a, of a global crisis. I'm just saying that it's really worked out nicely for me. But we are going to be paying close attention to what's going on in the sports leagues that we are concerned with. And notably, most notably, the NBA. So what did we get over the weekend? Well, uh, for one, New York basically said they can reopen various team activities. They can resume their operations. So the Nets are likely to open their facility on Tuesday. We haven't really heard much about the Knicks. That's nice. That just continues a trend that's been going on in states across the nation. We know New York has been the hardest hit of any state in the country, and so it's good to see that they're also moving in that positive direction. The more interesting news we saw over the weekend was that it, it sounds like, and this is being reported from a few different angles, that if the NBA does resume, and they keep putting this if, if in there, although with the way the information is trickling our way, I, I think we have to assume that it's coming. If the NBA does resume, they want the traveling parties, whatever you call that, if you're in a bubble, it's not, it's, you know, it's a travel once party, to be about 35 people instead of 50, which blew me away by the way, that there would be 50 people traveling with an NBA team. That is, that's a lot. That's like, I mean, that's baseball size, and they've got a 25-person roster and generally quite as quite a few coaches as well. But to me, it doesn't seem like it should be that hard for the NBA to, t to trim down their traveling party size to 35. They basically, at this point, want to try everything they can to limit the number of people and if you limit the number of people, it's just some small percentage that this thing doesn't become an issue during the NBA season. What I'm taking away from this is that, for one, they really want this to work. And they're working together, both all the, the teams and the ownership and, the, and everybody's kind of working together to say, okay, what are the little things we can do to make this as safe as humanly possible? Uh, and the other note on that is, look, if they're coming up with these types of little details related to a potential resumption, it's probably in pretty, I, mean, I think we can say with some measure of confidence that they are past the bigger stuff, right? Like they're not going to discuss exactly how many people can travel with a team until they knock out the most important things, which are, well, sort of numbers one, two, and three are all COVID-related safety. So, and I don't know this, I don't have sources, but I'm, I'm, I think I'm pretty good at reading the tea leaves and generally say if I was plotting out a return for something that I was working on, I don't know that I would get to the little tiny, okay, can we bring 35 or 38 or 22 or 34 people on my trip until I know where I'm going? There's a possibility that they were just like, oh, this COVID stuff is too stressful. Let's talk about something easy. How many people can we bring? And one owner was like, 30. And another one was like, 40. And they were like, 35. And everybody was like, okay, let's go on break. And it's possible, by the way, shout out Mitch Hedberg for the I'm going on break reference. It's possible that that happened, that they just got so tired of trying to work out the details on the really important stuff that they were like, you know what? Let's go to page nine and work our way backwards. But I just don't think, I don't think that these people who 
traffic in billions really have the time to say, well, let's work out the little details and then come back to the thing that we're stuck on because what's the point? There was never a guarantee that they were going to work out the details on the big thing. So there's no point in blowing time on a little thing. I mean, most of the people that are in on these meetings, which are generally team owners, I would think. I'm guessing the GMs are probably also invited so they know what's going on. Maybe the head of the Players Association. I don't know. These are people that have hundreds of other things going on. Most of these team owners have, you know, 10 to 20 to 100 businesses that they're running. So they don't really have time to sit on a conference call where someone's like, uh, you think 37 people would be fine? These people are going to hang up the phone. They're going to say, I'm sorry, guys. Like, call me back when we're going to talk about the important thing. So I'm led to believe that they solved most of that. And right now... They're digging into the smaller things. How many people can travel? Uh, exactly which rooms are, are, you know, what floors are the teams going to be on and that type of stuff. So I think we're going to be getting a pretty good uh, announcement about a week from today, probably next week. I know they said everyone's expecting between June 1st and June 15th, but I do believe that once, once they know what's going on, they're going to do it. They're going to hit the green button. They're going to hit the go button here because every day is critical when you think about getting the players back up to speed at training camp, getting the league going again, and we'll talk about that here in a second, getting the playoffs going, getting into the offseason and doing free agency in the draft, and also giving teams enough time to ready themselves for next year. All of these things are critically important. Every day that goes by is a big deal right now. By the way, I'm also led to believe, because it sounds like the NBA is getting closer to figuring this out, and it sounds like the NFL is relatively close to figuring things out, and even college athletics are not that far away at the moment from either making a decision for or against these things, I'm also led to believe that somehow Major League Baseball is going to get their act together. You can't be the one league that screws it up if everybody else is making it work. Here's the point that I thought was the most interesting thing to trickle out over the weekend. And, and this, like the timeline we talked about on our Friday show, is not confirmed yet. But we're hearing generally on Twitter and from a few different pl places on Twitter that if the league does resume in mid-July and if they really are only going to play five or six regular season games, that they may just lop off six, seven, eight teams that are completely eliminated from playoff contention and not even make them come. This surprises me for a number of reasons. I, first of all, I'm not sure that I believe that statement. I don't know that you can actually do that because the only real reason that these five or six games that they're, they're planning on playing are not considered exhibition games is because these teams need to get to a 70-game threshold for certain financial kickers to set in. Is there a clause by which teams that aren't there will still get credit for a 70-game season, even if their teams don't play? That's the only way I see that possibly taking shape, that, like, they don't bring the Warriors back, but guys that are on the Warriors that needed to get to a 70-game played threshold or the team needs to get to a 70-game played threshold are somehow going to get paid or, or TV rights, things like that. Like, I don't... I get it from a logistical standpoint, from a COVID standpoint, you want fewer people there. So if you can knock out six, seven, eight teams, and that's two or 300 people, 
you keep out of the bubble, you again eliminate potential risk factors. But but again, if these if that seventy game threshold wasn't a financial barrier to all of this, I don't think you'd see any of these games actually count. I think you'd see an extended training camp and you'd see some exhibition games where teams are just getting their stamina up. The only reason they're calling these real regular season games, if indeed this is what happens, is because of that that barrier, that financial kicker. So why would you take a quarter of your teams out unless there was some built-in stipulation? And for TV providers, I can't imagine they're just going to be like, no, it's fine. We don't need the ad revenue from those five or six games. We'll, we'll give you the the whatever contract we had agreed to. And uh, you guys just don't have to t- deliver on on fifteen percent of what you said you would. It's fine. I don't see that happening. Even the worst teams in the NBA are going to be extremely well watched when they come back. We're also sports starved. We're also sports starved. The Detroit Pistons coming back and playing five games, I think, would get pretty damn good coverage. I think a lot of people would be watching them. No one's allowed in any arenas right now. All those people are going to be watching these games on TV. In addition to the people that normally would just be watching the games on TV. But let's, for argument's sake, say that this is actually happening. That they'd somehow be lopping off a quarter of the league when they when they actually bring this thing back. How does that actually add up? Well, it leads to a few different things. Number one, they're going to have to rebuild a schedule. You know, let's say you bring, they're going to bring an even number of teams back. They'd have to. Well, I guess you don't really have to if you're in this weird bubble round robin thing going on. So let's say they bring back like 23, 24 of the 30 teams. Say we're only losing 20% uh, of the, the league coming back. They're going to have to build a brand new schedule, right? Because the teams that would not be returning would have been included in some of these ball games. The schedule is actually going to be harder for all of the teams involved. And the only changes you'd likely see in standings would come as teams move within the playoff brackets. So teams that are already inside the top eight could bounce around a little bit. You know, the Pacers and the 76ers are tied for fifth place in the Eastern Conference. The Nets and the Magic are only separated by a half game uh, in the Eastern Conference. The Heat are only two games up on the Pacers and 76ers. The Western Conference is actually even more clustered. Clippers, Nuggets, game and a half. Nuggets, Jazz, game and a half. Jazz, Thunder, one game. Thunder, Rockets, tied. Mavs, a game and a half back. Grizzlies are the only team that are really locked in, and the Lakers, I guess you could say, in the Western Conference. So you got your 1-8 matchup all situated. So who the hell are these teams going to be playing? Like, you're going to bring the Grizzlies back, and they're just going to rattle off game after game against Western Conference playoff teams and the three teams chasing them? Four teams chasing them? That hardly seems fair. I mean, they could legitimately come back and lose all six games if that's what, what happens here. They play five? I guess they'd play five. They're at 65 right now. What if they lost all five games? They're only three and a half games up. It's extremely unlikely that anybody would pass them. But what if the Grizzlies lost all five? And, I mean, the Kings were playing well when the league shut down. What if they won five games in a row? Although they're going to be playing relatively difficult teams as well. You just don't know who's going to give a flying hoot. Lakers don't need to give a hoot on those games. Bucks, Raptors, Celtics even. I mean, how hard are these teams really going to be trying? I don't, I don't like the way they've built this very much from a, 
from a fairness, from a logic and fairness standpoint, but I get it. They want to they cash in on what should be a lot of money. It's a huge deal because the salary cap is likely coming down. The impact of this virus is going to extend into at least next year from a can we even put people in the arena standpoint. And then you're talking about salary cap ramifications for likely multiple seasons down the line. So if you can squeeze out a few million, you're going to do it. What does it mean from a fantasy standpoint? Well, we're hearing very little about the possibility that they're going to play all of their remaining games. From a time perspective, it seems unlikely because if they're bringing the league back in mid-July and they're trying to play five weeks of games, that puts you towards mid-late August before the playoffs would even start. That's soul-crushing. And let's say... The league is trying to come back by, uh, I don't know, earlier in July. Let's let's call it, you know, July 4th, which I think is earlier than most expectations are right now. You're still putting the playoffs then around August 10th. And those are two months long. So you're talking about mid-October now? The playoffs are ending in that instance? But what if they're only playing five regular season games? And that's set to take nine or ten days. If you get that going by... Oh, I don't know. Let, let the league could start. Let's let's pick the same date in our other example. Let's try mid-July or early July. If it's early July, then you got your playoffs starting by mid-July, and then you got them over by mid-September. That's a big, big difference when you're thinking about free agency. You're talking about the draft. You're trying to get your guys a couple months off. The rest of September, October, part of November. I mean, you could actually get your league restarted by, I don't know by December 1st in that instance, whereas if you're playing all five weeks of the regular season, you're probably not starting until Christmas Day and almost, and you might even push into the new year. These are big deals. It's shaving games off of next season, and no one really wants to play them out right now. This is a safety standpoint issue. This is a timing standpoint issue. However, and this is a big however, because I, I've been saying this over and over and over again. What's the damn rush? Seriously, what's the rush? What's the rush? I got, I mean, listen, I don't think that anything that's going on in the, in the Twitter sphere or the, the fantasy world is aimed at anyone in particular. So I don't, I don't want what I'm about to say People to say, oh, Dan's taking shots at people right now. No, no shots are being taken. This is not how this works. Not everything is someone taking a shot at someone else. But I have seen on Twitter a lot of just end it now. Right from the second the league shut itself down. I mean, we're, we're two and change months into this NBA shutdown. Almost exactly two and a half months, actually. March 11th, and here we are, May 25th. Almost exactly two and a half months since the NBA shut down. Uh, within like the first week, there were calls to just make a decision on your leagues. But why? 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 What's, the, what's the rush? The only argument I heard for the rush was, well, what if somebody needs the $150 that they were going to win for their league? Okay, I get that. I can sympathize with that. This is a hard time. Folks are being laid off. I, I from a what what might happen if we circled back, I don't think that the reward was worth the risk in that scenario. Here's what I mean by that. And again, I want folks to realize I do sympathize with someone that might need 150 bucks 
to get the the last 150 on the rent payment or something like that. This is this is these are real real life concerns. I will say this. Number one, you should probably not be playing fantasy sports with more money than it, that money that's going to make a significant difference in your existence. So let's let's put that out there. Same deal with gambling. This is why you have betting units. You should have a certain threshold by which you could say, okay, this money is tied up, almost like a security deposit. But that's a discussion for a totally different day. I get it. I get it. There's a desire to get whatever winnings back. No one knew what was going to happen with leagues when things shut down. Nobody knew. The first indicator, when this all started, I think we all thought, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll shut it down for a few weeks. We'll see what happens, and then we'll get it rolling again. Uh, there was talk of, I mean, when, when it all shut down, like Asher's preschool sent out a note that was like, yeah, we're going to be closed until like mid late April. And I was like, okay, that feels like a really long time, six weeks. Oh, oh boy. And here we are in late May and we're still, you know, nowhere near having school going again because really only people that had a ton of information at that point truly understood the magnitude of what we were looking at. Looking back now, yeah, it's it's turned out to be a really big deal. And yet here we are on May 25th, and we still don't have confirmation of what the NBA is about to be doing. Those of you that decided to end your leagues and do payouts in mid-March, you might end up being spot on. You very well might. In fact, right now, I think the odds are probably in your favor that the league is not going to play a full regular season. Because the only way that you actually get, that you continue your fantasy leagues is if the regular season picks up as if it was just paused for three and a half months. Right? They have to play out the remaining five weeks of games. If you're not getting the full 16, 17, 18 games for these teams, there's no point in bringing your league back. I think all, pretty much everyone in fantasy can agree on that. If the league is not going to play the entire five weeks, there's no point in continuing your league because everything would get changed. If you're in a head-to-head league, you could make a very weak argument that, hey, we could bring it back because there's going to be two weeks of games. Why don't we just see what happens? Well, that's not really fair because if some teams don't come back, that sucks. If some teams, If everybody does come back but then superstars just don't play at all, that sucks. That's not fair. And they're going to be playing different competition. You're not going to have the same number of games in a week. Blah, 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 blah. That argument falls apart pretty quickly. And if you're in Roto, there's there's sort of no point because there's not enough time for you to actually hit your, your game's cap if that's what you're trying to get to. If you're locking perhaps the teams that are way ahead in that department and everybody else is just trying to play catch-up, there's no point. Those teams would have a massive advantage because they could just attack a couple of categories knowing the teams in front of them aren't allowed to use any games anymore, and that's got massive holes in it as well. So the obvious argument is, unless all five weeks of games happen, you probably can't bring your league back. Okay? That one we probably could have agreed on right from the outset, but again, we just didn't know what was happening. Here's what, here's what gets me. There, there's chatter like you just have to end your leagues right now. And I don't... I, the part of that, that that gets me is the right now. The part of that that gets me is the right now. And again, I know you guys are going to listen to this podcast and think I'm taking a shot at any one or two particular people. I am not. I am not. Please stop. Everybody always wants there to be drama and things. There's no drama here. It's drama-free. 
here's what here's my argument. I'm going to make my argument, and I, I only bring this up because, again, I saw a lot of it on the internet. My argument is, why rush? Why do we have to make a decision before the NBA makes a decision? Why do we have to make a decision before the NBA makes a decision? What, what do we think there is? 10% chance they actually play out the remaining five weeks? 10% chance? It's extremely unlikely. Because they don't really have the time and a lot of these teams don't want to be there. And if they do, you're going to see uh, probably even fewer minutes for superstars on bad teams and even on good teams. But you're certainly going to see more than a you know five-game tune-up. Because if you play all five weeks, you're going to see teams that are actually fighting for the playoffs try to continue to do so. You're going to see the Memphis, the San Antonios, the Kings, the, the, uh, the Pels... I'm leaving somebody out. The Portland Trailblazers uh, in the in the Western Conference. You'll probably see a couple of teams down near the bottom of the East. You're going to see some jockeying for position. It'll be more normal in that instance, even if it's not, even if it's not totally normal. But as with all things in life, why do we need to make a decision before the league does? At that, we're just it's it's educated guessing, but it's still guessing. And two months ago. There was a push to make a decision before the league made a decision. Two months ago, it was a total coin flip, I thought, of the league coming back at all. I mean, it was all across the the, the spectrum here. There was like, a, there was a little chance that the league didn't come back at all. There was a little chance the league came back. There was a little chance the league played all five weeks. There was a little chance the league played three of the five weeks. We had no idea, and neither did they. So there was this weird push to just say, ah, pull the plug even though we had no idea what was going to happen. Now, admittedly, we have a better idea now than we did two months ago. Odds are the league is going to come back with a shortened regular season because of financial stuff and then roll on into the playoffs. And if indeed that's what happens, then I am 100% fully on board with saying leagues are done as of March 11th. You do not let them come back. Fantasy leaks. Absolutely, positively, do not come back if the if you're not playing all five weeks of the regular season. Okay? And in that instance, I will happily say, hey, you guys were right. We could have pulled the plug on this two and a half months ago. We could have. But guess what did we lose in that scenario? Besides a little bit of time. What did we lose besides, I don't know, what were you going to win? A couple hundred bucks? You're going to win your couple hundred bucks. You got your couple hundred bucks in June instead of April. And I know that that does make a difference for people. If someone owes me $200, I'd rather have it in April than June. I would. But if there's any chance that your league isn't actually over, to me, it was always worth the wait. And it still is. Because we might be one week away now from finding out exactly what the NBA is going to do. I know that there's a, there's this feeling, and I have it in my gut too. I have a feeling in my gut that's like, okay, well, we're pretty sure it's going to come back and it's not going to be all five weeks of regular season games. We basically know that at this point. But what the hell's the difference? 
We can wait one more week at this point. We've waited, what, 11, 12 weeks already? 11 weeks? I've lost track. I've lost track, people. The calendar means nothing. What's one more to find out exactly what the NBA is going to do, and then we can make our decisions accordingly? And I am inclined to agree with what Brandon was discussing on Friday with head-to-head leagues. You have a staggered payout system because the teams that have a first-round buy have a higher percentage chance of winning the league. Not, It's not uh, perfect. It's an imperfect method. But the first and second place teams do have a better chance to win a head-to-head league if they have a first-round buy. They only have to win two weekly matchups instead of three. It's as simple as that. Make it simple math. So you take all your money in your head-to-head league, you look at all the teams that are either in the playoffs or have a chance to make the playoffs if you're not, if they hadn't started yet, which I know many leagues were going to start their playoffs that next Monday. We got damn close, folks. If we finished Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of that, of that last week, well, we probably would have had a lot, of, lot more issues related to COVID, so definitely not worth it. But if we could have somehow gotten through four more days and everybody was in the playoffs, well, we wouldn't have to worry about the teams that might make the playoffs. But right now... You take your top six, your top six, seven, your top eight, whatever it is, and you start by saying, okay, well, if we make no other adjustments, then everybody gets their 12.5%, and then you make some adjustments to that. You know, first and second place team probably get a little boost because they had a better shot at it. The team that was outside of the playoffs probably takes a tiny bit of a hit because they had a much worse shot at it. Not only do they have to upend top teams once they get into the postseason, but they actually had to get in to begin with. And you could find out who different teams were playing to see if there was even a chance. But at that point, you're really getting into the weeds. And then over on the Roto side, you definitely look at averages if you're in a games cap format. If you're in a weekly format with no games cap, you can pretty much just, that's the end of it. Whatever the standings were, that's how it ends because everybody was making a push at the same time. There's no opportunity to kind of gain ground at the end in those leagues. You can't make up games played when there's no weekly or there's no games cap. But in a league with a games cap, you can make up games played. You do averages which have their own small flaws, right? Like the team that has a lower number of games played right now has an advantage because that team has probably been playing more of their best players. And so if they're going to catch up in games played, if they're behind in that department, oftentimes they have to play guys that just simply aren't as good. They can, however, attack certain categories, which kind of, to some degree, wipes out the advantage they get in averages by not playing some of their worst guys early in the year. Still, I think when you do these averages and then you retabulate your roto stats, if you've got teams that are neck and neck, like if your league pays out top three in roto and you take averages, this is 100% a hypothetical because I... I, I've started to work on those for some of my leagues, thinking that we're probably going to end up calling the leagues done. Uh, And there are a couple spots where, like, the second and third place team are within one point of each other when I do averages. You know, they've got, like, 62 and 61 roto points. Those two teams should not be a clear-cut second and third place because so many things could have happened. That's where you probably just combine the two prizes and split them. One team's definitely not going to go to the grave saying, I had one extra roto point in the way you took your averages. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of things can happen. But if there's a team that's like five roto points ahead, then yeah, they, they clearly have that edge. And that's actually all I want to talk about on today's show because I thought it was worth doing kind of an update 
just an update on how the league is looking, an update on fantasy leagues are looking, an update on what we're attempting to do here going forward. What I think everyone should also look at, because I know we're all going to be a bit fantasy starved, if indeed the league comes back with only five games, and if indeed all of our fantasy leagues, we do just pull the plug on them at that point, let's look into some playoff leagues. We'll talk a little playoff fantasy basketball on this podcast. So start thinking about that. Uh, hopefully, you know, we keep trending in the positive direction here the way we have been, and uh, we can get some sports going in the not-too-distant future. Maybe we'll get some training camp. Hell, I'd watch training camp. Put that joint on Spectrum LA here, or whatever that channel is, and I'll watch it. Throw that onto the background. We had golf on yesterday. That was pretty cool. But uh, I ain't here to talk about that with you. So that's where I stand on this thing. Basically, a lot of fluff uh, just to say we don't need to make a decision before the NBA does. Even if we guessed right. Even if the fantasy landscape was like, we should probably just call this two months ago. Even if that ended up being right, there was no reason to get in front of the... The, the, the horse. Leave the cart behind it. So that's my take on all of this. Just wait. Let's just wait. Because it's, you know, it's like getting a haircut. If you cut it off, if you cut it too short, you can't put it back. But you can take off a little bit, and then you can tell your barber, you know what, let's take off a little bit more. Same with adding salt to your food. You can add it in little bits at a time. But once you put too much, you kind of screwed. Wash it off, but, you know, then your food is kind of gross. I feel the same way about the fantasy NBA season. If you pull the plug and do your payouts, and then we find out that the league is coming back for a normal slate, you can't put it back. But if we wait and then find out the league is not coming back, well, sure, we can still pull the plug. Let's just give ourselves the options. And also, please... Don't come at me with, let's just do a full refund on our leagues. No chance. Leagues are 80% or more done when this all shook out. Some teams were more than 80% done with their season. You know what's going on in your fantasy league. Get a commissioner you trust, figure it out. Payouts should definitely happen. I think I'm going to try to say that once on every podcast between now and when we find out what's going on. Thanks for listening, everybody. This was Update Monday. I think we'll get another mailbag going later this week. I'll try to get that posted on Twitter. If you want to work at HoopBall, hit me up. It's a great time to do it. What the hell else you got going on? That's actually not true. A lot of places are starting to reopen a little bit right now. But still, you probably have a different weird set of time. You're probably working from home. You make your own hours right now. Come spend a few of them on a HoopBall. Hit me up at Dan Baspers on Twitter or email teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. And all of you that have not... Well, you know what? We'll save that for another day. We'll save that promo for another day. Enjoy your Monday, everybody. Enjoy your Memorial Day, uh, whatever you might be doing. I know you can't have, like, a big barbecue cookout right now, but you can probably grill yourself up a steak, eat it at home with your family. Think about those that have made the sacrifice and continue to do so. We get to hang out at home and complain about how we can't go anywhere. Perspective. Perspective is a rough one. All right, back at you tomorrow. We will uh, continue our foray into the Atlantic Division, hoping to talk to some of our other hoopball pros later on this week or next and get some more lessons learned from a season gone by. I may even have another one to pull out of my bag of tricks, a lesson number six that we didn't expect to have. 
This was Update Monday. I'm Dan Vespers. Have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.